Hello and welcome back to Westmont Works. I'm your host, Grace Fondaro, and it is my joy to be bringing you another episode of our podcast through the Westmont Cove Department. Our fall 2021 season is well underway, and I pray this first month back on campus has been treating you all well. Some reminders before we jump into today's segment. The Westmont Career Opportunities and Vocational Explorations Department is a resource to all of our students. Our desire is to cultivate an environment that excites and prepares you for your next chapter, life after college. Some names and faces you should get familiar with are your CDAs. Career design ambassadors seek to connect you with our array of resources in our office. Our upper campus CDAs are Ellie McKeelian and Alex Armstrong. Those of you in Clark, Emerson, and Page, be on the lookout for emails from them concerning fun events coming up. Likewise, VK, be sure you say hi to Macy Colomides. She is your CDA and is going to be cluing you guys into some awesome campus goings-on. And finally, please always feel free to reach out to Catherine Mang or myself. Catherine is our social media and marketing specialist, and I am the Cove event coordinator. Together, we are excited to present this podcast and more events to come. Speaking of events, our episode today is acting as a bit of a trailer to a big, exciting event coming to a GLC near you on Monday, November 8th. Some of you may remember from previous podcasts, our special guest, Paul Angoni. Paul is a Westmont alum and now is a best-selling author and professional motivational speaker for young adults. So listen in and get excited. He'll be joining us in just about a month. Paul, thank you so much for coming back to join us on Westmont Work. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, it's a joy to have you each time. Um, Right now, we're going to be talking about... um, the concept of a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. We here at Westmont feel like we've kind of been on this long journey through COVID. And um, I'm also representing kind of the, the senior class right now as I'm looking to my future. I'm graduating in December. And it feels like there's, you know, a journey laid out before us. But this concept, what does a single step look like for college students? Like, what is some of your insight into that, you know, old wise phrase? <laughs> yeah, that that's it's um there it feels like you can take a million steps and you can go in yeah. a million different directions and that becomes most mostly the overwhelming part of it all. Like you're in this never-ending cereal aisle. Like you're mm-hmm. back in the West Mountain cafeteria and you've got all these cereals just laid out in front of you <laughs> yeah. and it's gonna eat a bowl of each cereal all at the same time. And and then once you get the one bowl of cereal then you feel like, well, I made a mistake. I should have actually gotten the other bowl. And then it, right. it can become this ride of never making a choice, of mm. never taking a step. And so first of all, I, I think we have to come to the realization that the, the worst step, the worst choice you can make is not making a choice at all, is not right. making any forward steps at all. And, and, and I think we have this kind of lie that, you know, I only, I have to make the right step. Like I have mm. to make the right well, most of the time, it's not necessarily going to be the right step. It's not mm-hmm. going to be this direct step to your calling, to your future, to your path. It, it might not be this direct correlation, but you just need to have that forward movement. 
You just yeah. need to take that chance. So I know I, I might've mentioned before, but I, I, I write about this in my book, 101 Secrets to Your 20s, where I talk about that the possibility for greatness and embarrassment, they both exist in the same space. Yeah. If you want to do anything great, you have to be willing to embarrass yourself in the process. Mm-hmm. So as we're thinking about, okay, how do I take those steps? I think, first of all, coming with the mindset that, you know, I have to be willing to fail. I have to be willing to take a risk and I have to be willing to embarrass myself at times. And yeah. that's totally okay. Um, because I think for many of us, we've become such professional critics and mm-hmm. cynics um, where we're critiquing and we become cynical and we're judging and we're just kind of pointing out the flaws and everything yep. that lose that perspective of, well, I need to take a chance too, and I need a risk. And it's yeah. easy to critique, let's say the speaker on stage at chapel, let's say uh, it's easy right. to critique that person on stage. It's a lot harder for you to jump on stage and try right. it yourself. Um, and so it's easy to critique somebody in the fifth row. And so we mm-hmm. have to be willing to have those, let me jump on stage kind of moments in whatever capacity that looks like for you, be willing to embarrass yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like another thing, because you, you touched on this briefly, is like there's this, we also live in this culture where it's um, FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out. And so I think sometimes like students can hinder themselves because they have a fear of missing out. So they overcommit themselves, but then they feel overcommitted. So then they retract. And it's like this weird push and pull where it's like isolation and overcommitment and there's no middle ground. I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, again, you know, we're, we're always going to miss out on things, you know, we, we can't experience everything at once. So again, coming with the understanding that, you know, obviously, there's things that I'm not going to experience, and I can't. So how do I do the things that I know I need to do? And how do I come to that kind of realization? So um, I I, I remember reading different uh, authors like Toni Morrison, and I wrote about this in my newest book, is she was trying to figure out what what does she do? What's her next step? She was an editor. She was a writer. She was a parent of two boys, but she was trying to figure out, like she felt pulled in all these different ways and felt like she wasn't doing one thing really well because Mm -hmm. she was pulled in so many different directions. Mm -hmm. So she talked about a moment where she just wrote down a list of like all her activities, like everything she does in a day, in a week, she just wrote it all down on a list, made this giant list. And then she started crossing out things through the lens of, okay, now what do I have to do? Like, what is a must in my life? And she, so she started just crossing things out. And for her, it was a big realization that her being like this high powered editor at at a New York publisher was not a must for her anymore. Like she was ready to give that up because becoming a writer and writing books herself and then raising her two kids like those were her two musts. Yeah. Those were her two have-tos. So I think it's a process and we're not going to figure this out in a day. It might take all of senior year. It might take yeah. your whole twenties and your whole life, yeah. but we start figuring out okay, what are the things that I cannot not do? Like I, right. I have to do this. It's so ingrained in my story, in my values, in my personality, my strengths that I just, I can't give this one thing up and let me be intentional about that thing versus let me do a million things um, and not do any of them well, just because I feel frantic and panicked and afraid. Um, and so I'm gonna run around uh, 
and not do anything with any kind of intentionality. Yeah. How, uh, that just leads me to another question. I think that, you know, being a senior in college, you're right on this precipice mm -hmm. of, you know, stepping out, taking that first step of, you know, the thousand mile journey. And I think for some of us, it might feel like, okay, this is what I feel like I have to do or what I should do, but that yeah. might clash with what we feel like maybe we would want to do. What, what is the wisdom in that? Is it better to, to pursue something that you're like, I think this is what I should do. I have to do, you know, people are telling me this is the wise route, but something is really appealing about this other option. How do you compromise? Yeah, it's tough. You know, that's, that's this uh, fine line, you know, it's this gray area of, you know, obviously, first of all, you know, we have to listen to, to wisdom, you know, there's mentors in our life for a reason, professors, parents, yeah. are giving us advice who are telling them, uh, telling us about their experience. So there, there's a, uh, where we have to listen to some of those pieces of advice. And then there's things that we're going to have to do in the sense of, I, I'm going to need to eat food and I'm going to need to live somewhere and yeah. I'm going to need to pay yeah. my car insurance. And, you know, maybe, maybe my parents have been paying some of this stuff. Now maybe they're shifting away from paying for some of this stuff. So there's yeah. going to be some moments yeah. where you're going to have to maybe even just work a job that's nowhere near your dream job. Mm -hmm. Like you thought you were going to leave and you were going to step right into your dream job. And then you're realizing like, maybe that it's just not coming to me in that way. So maybe I just have to work a job. So yeah. that becomes like a yeah. have to that you wouldn't necessarily want to do, but it's yeah. a necessity. But then on the other flip side is not letting go of the things then that you feel like you really should do that. You, you feel again, like this is a have to, but it's more of, more of like a soul have to It's more of something that I want to keep exploring. Yeah. And so really where, yeah. you know, I don't think we, I don't think we see it in this way. We see it again, as such a black and white thing in senior year is right. that for most of us, you are working a job, which is feeding you while you maybe then work further at your dream. And then you, but then at the same time, in the same space, you're working at your dream, which is feeding you while you work at your job. Yeah. And, and you do that for an extended period of time at times, you know, it's not this black and white, either you go full out for your dreams or you go sell out, don't dream at all and just work a job you hate for the rest of your life. You know, I think the sweet spot is where you're doing both at the same time and, and they're both feeding you in different ways and you're making progress. And then there'll become these moments where they, they start to join together, where your job and your dream, how you're making money, what feeds your soul, they start, um, becoming more congruent. They start becoming more cohesive, but that takes time and that's a process. So I, I think we're, um, our timeline is a little too sped up because um, mm. it's, it's not the big dreams and the goals that are the problem. It's our timeline for how quickly we think some of those are going to come to fruition. That's, that's, right. that becomes the problem. Yeah, that impatience that we have, which is, I mean, I think that it's definitely an issue for us being like, young people, you know, and, but also, you know, we're a product of the society, you know, everything is so fast, you know, with, um, mm -hmm. you know, instant gratification, as far as, you know, technology goes. And even, you know, now I was thinking about how we use, you know, Canvas, this platform where you get your grades instantly, you get your assignments instantly. And so mm -hmm. even so, you know, you're, if you feel like, oh, I didn't get that grade back yet. You know what I mean? You're like, it's been 25 minutes. <laughs> like you yeah. live in a completely set up society where it's instant reward, instant information. Um, and so I was even thinking about that, you know, sometimes that instantaneousness gives us disappointment when it's not 
um, you know, within that timeline that we think. So, yeah. so how do you safeguard yourself along that, you know, thousand step journey um, to against disappointment, against being disappointed as you're walking, if you will? Yeah, you know, um, you know, the, the instant part, you know, the, the, all the instantness of college really does go away in a lot of ways, especially as you step into the working world, even things yeah. like feedback, even, even something as you getting a grade mm-hmm. it is so hardwired into your whole experience in college. I mean, that is yeah. what you're working is, is an, is a grade, like you said, and, and really instant feedback and a professor writing out notes of what you did well, what you didn't do well. And you might agree or you might disagree, yeah. but just the fact that you're even having this happen is pretty otherworldly when you step into the working world where they, um, they want you to figure it out on your own. You might yeah. get a week of training, get two weeks of training, and then they want you to figure it out. And they want you to um, ask questions. They want you to you know, figure it all out on your own, and, but they're probably not going to give you a lot of immediate feedback. Um, right. And so it can become this kind of, um, you know, we're, we're so used to being living on the staircase and taking the next step and taking the next step. Yeah. Where then also on this like 15th floor, you know, you, you leave college and now you're on the 15th floor and yeah. it's just a bunch of walls and doors that are locked. And so there is this feeling of a lot of kind of lost exploration, you know, and, mm. and I might have said before, but, but all explorers have to first get lost. Like yeah. that's a part of exploring. That's a part of the job description, but you're getting lost on purpose with purpose for a purpose so it's intentional lostness you're not just wandering to wander you're exploring with intention and so i think even as you step into a job that is what you're doing you're exploring with intention uh and you might not know how it's all going to turn out and that's totally okay um because it's probably not you're probably not going to stay there for the rest of your life it's probably not your dream job but you're going to learn a lot there the more intentional you are um, yeah. So yeah, we're disappointed at the and the way because the the season will shift, and kind of the rules of engagement are going to change, yeah. and we'll and and we'll start learning the new rules of engagement wherever we are after college. Yes, absolutely. You know, and I was even thinking about you know, like you said, being you know these lost explorers and how it is intentional, and so to keep that in mind about you know intentionally searching, searching and exploring. How do you discern between opportunities and distractions along your journey? I think that's something that, you know, even I battle is like, okay, is this an opportunity for me to, to pursue, to grow, or am I allowing this to become a distraction to take away from maybe other areas that I should be, you know, pouring energy into exploring? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And that kind of comes out. How do, how do we make some strategic choices as we come yeah. across roads? Yeah. You know, I think that comes down to what, what, what's your, what framework are you operating from? And do you have a framework that you're operating from? So framework meaning, you know, and I talk about this, um, I have a whole online course where I, I help people go through this process and I call it finding your signature sauce. So picturing you as a chef in the kitchen and you're bringing these ingredients together to create Mm -hmm. this flavor that you feel like the world needs that the world is going to line up for because it's a unique flavor that is a substance that, that really only you can bring. And if we picture that chef metaphor, you know, chefs, 
if you watch like the chef's table on Netflix, you know, these great documentaries yeah. they have, their story is almost all always the same. They go into the business thinking they're going to create some sort of restaurant or recipe mm -hmm. that usually fails. That goes up in flames. Uh, they have to start all the way over and then they start figuring out, okay, what are the ingredients that are really unique to my home, to yeah. my personality, to what makes me come alive? And so going back to your question, it's figuring that ingredients out for yourself. So one ingredient is, you know, a simple one that we talk about a lot, but I don't think many of us have actually defined it is your, what I call your soul values. And I might have talked about this in a previous podcast. I can't remember, but, <laughs> but I mentor had me do this exercise and it was really, I thought it was so simple, but it was, it was actually really hard in writing down my top soul values, meaning mm. what is number one, what is the number one soul value in my life that I feel like I have to live by this value. Yeah. And and, and what's number two and what's number three. And literally these are ranked. And this is a great exercise because if you can become more uh, defined in your values and actually understanding what they are and why, then when decisions start coming at you or opportunities or choices, you can start bringing back to your values and go, okay, well, is this going to contradict yeah. my value? You have a value for whatever it is, creativity, um, and, but you're getting a job opportunity that's going to be very structured without a lot of leeway to be creative. Or maybe you, for me, it was like, uh, I thought I should do communication as a skill. Like I should talk, I should speak, I should write. Right. But I found myself being very, uh, pretty terrible at sales jobs. <laughs> because it was contradicting a value of mine of authenticity where authenticity is so huge for me, where I feel like if I'm not being who myself, if I'm lying mm -hmm. in some way, then that actually trumps my strength. So my strength is no longer a strength. My yeah. value is actually more important than my strength. They actually have to be working hand in hand for my strength to be a strength. Yeah. So building that framework for ourselves helps us know where we're making decisions from um, versus just feeling like, well, I got to say yes to this, or I got to say whatever it is kind of knowing like, this is not going to, this is not the right choice for me, but I don't know why necessarily. Right. That's so good. And you know, it's so fun is hearing you say that you're right. It's such a good exercise. And, you know, part of being the, um, a part of Cove is, you know, all of us CDAs and event coordinator and social media, we all had to kind of go through this training and we did, you know, strength finder and strong interest inventory. And one of them was values. And it's amazing how um, having those, some of them are the same, but also sometimes they change over time. You know, I was looking at, you know, what my values were when I started as a junior last year to how they've changed. And so it's so funny because we're also, you know, this, a product of our environment. I think that you've also talked about that that also goes into our signature sauce. You know, that it's like mm -hmm. our environment also, you know, we take um, ingredients from there to then put into who we are. Um, yeah, and that's, man, that's, and that's great. And even, you know, and we might've talked about this before again, but, but even something um, simple as, you know, what, what are some of my greatest triumphs, my greatest successes yeah. in college? Like, what are my top three? When I look back, you know, I'm a senior, I'm a junior, whatever, what, what or even looking back to high school, you know, what are, what are the things that I'm like, I'm really proud of yeah. and having a top three list. 
you know, we're all going to have very different things. We're all going to have very different things that we feel like, you know, that is what really was success to me. Like that yeah. is really where I got the most joy. It could have been leading a group. It could have been being a part of a club. It could have been a research project you did. It could have been serving homeless people on state street. You know, that was, you know, a ministry yeah. you started, whatever it is, but even some of those clarifying those experiences and why, why again? So then asking yourself the why, why was that so meaningful to me and start mm -hmm. writing some of those things down? Well, now you're starting to figure out, okay, how do I incorporate some of these things, some of these why, uh, whys into my next steps? Yeah. How can I be intentional about bringing some of that in to my next opportunities? Um, and that can be in a, you know, and then on the flip side, you know, what are some hard things? What are like three of the hardest things you've gone through? Yeah. So what are three like, tragedies or hardships or something that brought you pain or frustration write three of those things down because yeah. i've often found that when we're talking about passion usually people are most passionate about something that they've experienced some sort of personal pain or frustration mm -hmm. in and now they're passionate about doing something about that so as we get even more clarity about some things that have been hard for us we can figure out some of our kind of secret sauce of our signature sauce of why do I want to be a part of this? Why do I want to do this? Why, why is this something I cannot not do? Well, yeah. I know how hard it is. I know how difficult it is to do this because I've gone through it. So I want to help other people. I want to help businesses. I want to help ministries. I want to help whatever do that thing. So even clarifying some triumphs and tragedies, values, you know, these are all parts of that signature sauce that we're developing. Uh, as students and beyond. Absolutely. You know, it's so exciting hearing you talk about all of this because I feel like it all just goes into this idea that we have um, for, you know, our November 8th hashtag adulting event. It's going to be so fun um, to, to bring you on. And I just want to, you know, hear more about what does, I feel like you, your coin is, you know, this idea is creating that signature sauce. And um, how does that look like? It's, is hashtag adulting creating the sauce or is it preparing to taste the sauce have you been creating it your entire life up until or is it just the you've gotten all the ingredients and now it's starting to mix together what does that look like yeah you're starting to figure out what those ingredients are and then you're continually bl blending mixing different amounts you're tasting it and then you're constantly refining defining mm. changing adapting growing, you know, you're doing all these things. It's so it's, it's, it's both, you know, because yeah. being a successful adult is not about things going as you planned necessarily, but how you adapt, change and grow when they don't go as planned. So it's this continual process of pivoting and tacking and going just slightly different directions and still moving forward. And there's obstacles in the way that you either got to go over or around. And so you're doing this continual process of this ingredient. I thought there should be a ton of this ingredient, but now I need to limit the amount that that flavor is becoming too strong now. And this other ingredient yeah. is more important. And so it's a lifelong thing that yeah. we're constantly tasting that sauce. You know, I'm an, I'm an Italian and a good Italian in the kitchen <laughs> is tasting their sauce. And if you're like my Nana, you know, if you're like my grandma, she didn't have a recipe. She, she was just doing it by feel and by taste. You know, every time it was going to taste a little bit different, but it was going to be amazing every time because she was such an expert in the kitchen. She'd been doing it for so long. 
Oh, yes. Oh, and we are so excited. And, you know, thank you so much for, for joining us. And, you know, I don't even, I get so excited and I could keep talking with you, but we have to save some of all that wisdom for November 8th for, for them to come watch. Um, That's so right. I'm so excited much. to be out. It's been a, it's been a few years. I've, I've had the joy of speaking at Westmont a few different times since I've graduated. I uh, spoke at chapel a few times, which yeah. was terrifying, you know, speak, talking about this chapel stage. That's what I, you know, speaking in front of like my communication studies professors and it was Ben <laughs> Patterson at the time who was the chaplain who I was my chaplain when I was there. Um, so that was terrifying. Uh, but I've loved, <laughs> I've loved it. And I've had such great experience just being able to um, speak to students and then to hear from students who then come to me and they're like, wow, you, it's like you were reading my journal or like you were there in my conversation with my friends. Like, this is what we've been afraid of and feeling and going through and wondering about. And so I really try to bring a lot of hope, inspiration, and truth uh, in my talk. So I'm excited to bring that to the community of Westmont, which is one of my favorite communities, places to go in the world. So I'm excited to be there uh, in November. Oh, absolutely. And we are so looking forward to your optimism and hope that you bring. I mean, I, we are blessed right now. We, uh, we recently, the sun came out again. We had like 72 hours of where it was like gray and cloudy. And we're like, no, why is this happening? Especially during midterms. So um, just, you know, every little ray of sunshine and hope that we can get metaphorically and literally, we are so <laughs> grateful for. Um, so we are so thankful for you joining us today, Paul. And we can't wait to see you in November. All right. Thanks, Grace. Thank you. It's always so good to hear what wisdom Paul has to offer, and I am so excited to see him speak live. So remember, mark your calendars for Monday, November 8th. It's going to be in the GLC Simmons Room from 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. Come join us to listen How to Adult Well, and maybe win a free book from author Paul Angoni himself. As always, please follow us on Instagram at thecovewc for more information about job opportunities and events. And be sure to book an appointment on Handshake to get tips on resume building, cover letter writing, internship finding, and so much more. Have a blessed week, warriors, and thank you for allowing Westmont Works to work with you.